Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Zivi Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And speaking of books, I have two of my own books coming out this spring and summer. Princess Charming is a picture book, which debuts on April 19th, and Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Sarah Freeman is the author of Tides. She graduated from Columbia University with an MFA in fiction in 2013. At Columbia, she won the Henfield Prize for the best piece of short fiction by a graduate student. Her work has previously been published in a number of literary magazines, and she is a Montreal-born writer currently based out of Boston. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Tides. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. My pleasure. Would you mind telling listeners what your novel is about? Of course. So in in many ways, just not to give, you know, too many of the plot points away, because I think some of the some of the joy of the book is sort of the, the reveals as they come along. But it's the story of a woman in the aftermath of a kind of intimate loss. She leaves behind her family in order to start a kind of a new life in a seaside town. And we sort of see her slowly piecing together not only what happened to her you know, in her past life, but really trying to come to terms with those losses. I feel like you have a a brother, like a sibling thing going on with your life, because obviously there's a strong relationship that's from the start with her and her brother and knowing that he will always bail her out and all this. And then I read your article about your brother and like the morning you went through and he got married and all that. And I was just wondering if you could talk more about sort of sibling relationships and the power of that and the place of that in your new novel. Yeah. So actually the sort of germ of the novel really was to write about sibling relationships and and in particular these 
you know, these, these siblings, a brother and a sister who have from childhood quite a kind of enmeshed relationship. And once they arrive at adulthood, really aren't quite able to sort of make a life without one another. And it's not autobiographical in the sense that I, I think my experience of kind of leaving my brother behind was quite, you know, how should I say, a little more adjusted. Like I was, I was sad when he moved on, you know, to have his own family. And we, we kind of were both, you know, became adults and I had to say goodbye to a part of my childhood. But for Mara, for the protagonist of my novel, this is really unfathomable. She, she can't tolerate this loss. And so I wanted to sort of explore the extreme of that emotion, which maybe many of us have, have felt. In, in the end, it kind of ends up being sort of the backdrop or the subtext of the novel rather than, you know, the central theme right at the, right on, you know, at the surface of the page. But it was definitely there in the back of my mind as a, as a driving force. I have a younger brother as well. He's like two and a half years younger. And it is like, it's like a fracturing, right? When, when you both get married and I feel like he felt it when I first got married and then him. And I think about my kids and like how they're going to evolve and what is a healthy sibling relationship? What is not? I don't know. It just raises all sorts of questions. It really does. And I, you know, one of the things I noticed as I was writing about this was that there was actually very little in like the psychological literature about adult siblings. Mm -hmm. I think we get really fixated on the nuclear family, on, you know, marriages, and then the sibling relationship, especially brother-sister, because I think there's this kind of sort of built-in taboo that you can't really talk about the love that you feel towards your sibling. Right. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting kind of area. Well, two of my siblings have decided they want to live together forever, and the other two like never want to see each other again. Oh, wow. Wow. So, <laughs> so you have the we'll see what happens. No, I'm, I'm, microcosm. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but kind of. Anyway, so tell me what it was like writing this book. And also, I know you won this big prize and everything. Did this Was the book related to the prize that you won for the shorter fiction, or is this a totally new story? Totally different. And in fact, I mean... I graduated my MFA nearly 10 years ago when I received that prize. And the the 10 years since were have been just a lot of trial and error. I wrote another novel that I, I had to kind of put into a drawer. And then once I had kind of mourned that, because I think there was a mourning <laughs> process, I sort of set myself this goal that I would write something quite constrained and, and urgent and really that followed a a sort of single subjectivity. And that's how Tides came along, really with like a much narrower focus. And in fact, when I first wrote it, I got a little carried away. There were a lot, you know, multiple storylines. It was set in Montreal rather than in the seaside town. And again, I had to kind of, you know, murder my darlings and find this slightly more condensed form, which this this book really is, is, you know, these shards of language that feel more compressed. So it's been, you know, just a lot of, a lot of failure and then a lot of like looking at the failure and trying to see what I can salvage from that, which is a pretty good metaphor for relationships. Also, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's been a long, a bit of a long, a long journey to get to this quite small book. <laughs> I love that expression, shards of language. Because the language, it, you were, it's, you're such a literary, beautiful writer and the sentences themselves are like these little like packages, right? They're all like very 
I want to say manicured, but that's probably the wrong word. But just like very, <laughs> they're, they're like great sentences. On the sentence level, this book is is absolutely beautiful. And even something like describing the community and even the main character, what is her name? I always forget the names of Mara. Them. Mara. <laughs> even Mara's entry into the town and realizing that like, even though she's so close to the sea, because of all the giant homes, she can't even see it. And how it's almost like the privilege of the select few who get the benefit and everybody else in the town just gets to roam around and not even, you can feel it, but you can't necessarily see it, which is such a, you know, you can, and, and as the reader, you're like feeling the breeze and like you can, you know exactly what you mean by that, which I thought was so interesting. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you think so. I mean, that's an interesting example of Truly, that is something I, I've noticed a lot in New England seaside towns, that the privatization of the beaches is like, it's it's actually so devastating because mm-hmm. there are places where the coast is a public protected place so that you can always access it. And there's something about, you know, always needing the sticker and always needing mm-hmm. to have the proof that you are allowed to be, you know, at the ocean. So on the one hand, it was sort of like, you know, actually kind of realism. And on the other hand, I think it's the way that she feels, which is that she's shut out, you know, from family, shut out from other people's lives, basically, and and, and really looking in at it from the outside. It's also a very, like, stirring description of loneliness, right? I feel like it's just, it's loneliness personified. And what does that look like and feel like and smell like and taste like? And I feel like you have us right there in the moment with her. Yeah, that's I, I I'm I'm glad you say that because in in many ways, you know, it started as a novel of relationships, her relationship with her brother, her relationship with her spouse and then with her mother, with her father and and then I realized that I was actually more interested in her being kind of ripped apart from those relationships and what happens when we aren't with the people who have kind of shaped our our sense of ourselves and and that's really lonely and also liberating, you know, Mm -hmm. at the same time. So it's, yeah, I certainly felt very, very alone with her while I was writing it, you know, and this, it it was quite claustrophobic to be so alone with her (laughs) for better or worse. (laughs) (laughs) So when you were writing the book, tell me about your process for, I know you've whittled it down and, you know, no shame in that, by the way, I'm all for shorter books. You're reading a lot of them. So I know. I'm like, thank you. This is nice. It's like when I get like the slim poetry book, I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) No, but the impact isn't, is not correlated with the length. So anyway, so what was like, what's your schedule like when you're working on a book and what else do you have going on while you're doing that? Well, at that time, I mean, I I would love to say that I'm one of these like really, (laughs) really rigid, disciplined people who has a very clear writing schedule. At the time I was teaching and I was also beginning my studies. I'm I'm a counseling school dropout. So I was I was starting these studies. And so I was a student and I was teaching and I was really fitting in these slots of writing whenever I could. And I did write in this most beautiful library in Boston called the Boston Athenaeum, which just has like a really wonderful, quiet and incredible kind of just atmosphere of of study. So that was great. But yeah, that that was for the first draft. And then the second draft, I, I quit my jobs 
And I gave myself, you know, four months, a semester to really write this new draft, which is the shape that it, it took on. So I tend to be quite extreme. I, I like to have lots of time to do the more intensive work. And then I'll work, you know, six, maybe five or six hours a day, very, very intensely. Interesting. And I couldn't, I couldn't put it to sleep. I was just so obsessed I think you need that, though, to get through anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's like 8 million reasons not to finish a novel. Oh, I'm, I mean, it's why it's also why it <laughs> took me so long. Yeah. So what do you like to read? Who are some, what are some of your favorite books or what are you reading now or both? Well, you know, in, I, I, when I'm thinking of the sort of like the genealogy of this book, I definitely think of Elena Ferrante, mm-hmm. specifically Days of Abandonment, Natalia Ginsburg, The Dry Heart. Even Joan Didion played as it lays. You know, just, just these condensed books where women either unravel or come back together. I was actually just speaking yesterday to Jamie Quattro. I don't know if you've read her. Her book, Fire Sermon, has that same kind of intensity. And what am I reading these days? You know, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm moving away from these more condensed books of feeling and have been really enjoying some like good old social realism. I'm actually just starting the corrections. I'm, I'm like, you know, 15, 20 years late <laughs> on that. I've read some of his other work, but I'm really enjoying that. And yeah, just kind of trying to be back in the world of sort of, of, of the family drama. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing myself moving in that direction at the moment. So interesting. So is that yeah. what your next book will be about? I, I have a feeling I want it to be, I'm like, okay, I did this one character. Now maybe, maybe I can like invite some more people to the party, you know, have a few more consciousnesses on the page. And, and yeah, I think that would be a nice challenge for me. This was so, such a sort of pointed project. So yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things. And I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because 
even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help, and I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. And where, like, where did you grow up? How did you know you wanted to be a writer? Like, what was your earlier life like? So I'm originally from Canada. I was born in Montreal and my dad was a foreign correspondent for a Canadian newspaper. So we kind of moved around quite a bit as kids and ended up in Berlin and London. And I I think the travel and the sort of being an expat and an outsider really probably shaped the way I thought of myself. And I still don't think I have like such a solid sense of home, which I think as a writer is quite useful because you're always sort of, you know, looking, looking in a little bit from the outside, which helps for observation, I guess. Yeah. Interesting then that your character was essentially homeless at the beginning. Yeah. I, 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 w- I wondered about that a little bit. <laughs> Talk to my therapist I'll be your psychoanalyst that. for the day. You know. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, bring it on. Yeah, no, so- Certainly, I think this kind of dislocation and feeling out of place and figuring a place out is something I I just, I've done all my life and I imagine I will always do. Interesting. Wow. Well, if you could give an aspiring author some advice, what would it be? You know, I think obviously read a lot and that's not it's it's more that I think once you just, you get in the, the rhythms of other people's language, then you start to kind of figure out your own rhythms. And also to like stay away, stay away from other people's advice to a certain extent. Because I've, I've, I've gone down the road of like really listening so closely to my favorite writer's advice, then realizing, hmm, maybe this wasn't quite advice for me. This was for them. So I think just really sort of thinking of your own intuitions around Mm -hmm. language narrative, like what's alive to you, what's interesting to you, and following that without thinking too much about the external world, even though that's very difficult. So what, what advice led you astray? What, what was, what was advice that didn't work for you? (sighs) I'm trying to think, you know, I think I, I had this obsession with reading all of these Paris review interviews. And then I'd hear, you know, writers writing, for instance, every day at a certain time. And that Mm -hmm. was the thing that like made them and realizing that like, I actually, I couldn't do that. It didn't work for me. In fact, when I sat down every single day, it was kind of crap. And I, it was better for me to just wait until I had like something that really moved me to write. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just kind of like parsing out what is going to be useful for you, trying it out and then maybe, maybe not not thinking it's like the word. Got it. Awesome. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you. I told you this would be easy. <laughs> Stress-free. Thanks, this was great. And thank you. I mean, you're really, you're a beautiful, beautiful writer and I'm glad you didn't give up. I, I, you're super talented and it's, it's really a joy to read your sentences. So thank you so much for taking the time and yeah, for all the work you do promoting and helping writers 
find readers. No problem. All right. Take care. Thanks so much. much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.